man that's cold. I'm a maniac, maniac on the floor. And I'm dancing like I've never danced before. <laughs> Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, week 10 in the books, uh, fantasy playoffs, depending on your league settings, three, four weeks from now. Uh, you should have a pretty good idea if you're in or out. handful of us are on the fringe trying to decide if we should push forward or <laughs> dump our assets and play for next year. But uh, this is uh, a lot of leagues that have trade deadlines are, are this week and next week. So, the, the time to make a decision is rapidly closing but walk how are you and let's get into some injuries i gotta be honest that was the best intro he's ever done that almost seems like you put on like a voice for radio at the beginning of that you really? sucked me right in bud you're gonna have to listen to your intro i mean it almost <laughs> looked like this was a, it was intentional i was like hold on what's going on here Did i put a little extra sauce on it at the beginning? <laughs> um yeah, that was that was fantastic, and I just realized the Scott Fishbowl has one week left before Ridiculous. their playoffs because Scott's kind enough to send emails out updating. And do you know who is currently finally going to make the playoffs in the Scott Fishbowl after however many years he has participated? Do you have thirteen wins? No. Then you're not locked in yet, sir. But I'm guessing it's uh, you. Barring, barring an epic collapse, my average points, I am like 116th in the list of going to get in. And once I do, John, gloves are off, buddy. <laughs> my, what's your record? Is. Uh, I think I'm a 500 record, but I have the second most points scored in my division. Oh, geez. So I've literally almost had as many points scored against me as I've scored points. So yeah, I have six and six or five and five, whatever it is. I'm five got. and five. I have 1,531.58 points for. I have 1,511.86 points against, which is my pulling mine up because you're going to laugh how close we are in points. Scored, John, I'm which one, is two, strange. three, four, five. I'm in sixth place in the Toontown division, and I'm the second highest scoring team. There's only one team that's actually more than everyone above me is seven and three it's it's nuts look at it you'll enjoy this i too am five and five one two three four five i too am in sixth place and i have scored 1532 well then right now yours is 1500 john there's a team that's tied for first my league has 1500.44 so it's the exact thing they're seven and three that's pretty weird isn't it it's all about the matchup. That's why I like Scott does these to the point. So you are just in front of me, Jonathan. So you're in that like 110-ish range, bud. We might both make the Scott Fishbowl playoffs, buddy. I thought said. my team sucked because of my record. I didn't look at the points now that you've said it. Yeah, I think I'm – John, I stopped making third. that drops like weeks ago. Like I just accepted the team I had and just been setting a lineup. I don't, I don't, I haven't made moves in weeks. I, I might have guys that are injured on my roster. Do you know who I've held on to? Is Sam Darnold all this time? I have Cooper Rush. <laughs> I have Cooper Rush. So I'm with you. Okay. I still have Isaiah Spiller. I still I'm have still J.K. Still holding Dobbins. Elijah Moore. Like 
I, I, I'm doing it all wrong, John. I should have caught all these bums. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, I tell you what. Here, I got, I've got Sam Darnold. I kind of did the same thing you did. My record was shit, so I stopped really giving a fuck. I uh, have J.K. Dobbins, who I've held on purpose because he can come back. What three more weeks? Uh, J.D. McKissick, which he's dead. Sony Michelle, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, Allen Robinson, just because I have Stafford and I'm not dumping the stack. And I John, still just on those names alone, your record and total points are far more impressive than what I've put up because <laughs> my starters are still good. Like I have three starting quarterbacks, like Daniel Jones, Tua, and Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson, my first drafted of the three has been by far the worst uh, of the three of them. But I have Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard. I got Donta Foreman. I drafted him because of Christian McCaffrey. So I've got that double bump we talked about. Gibson, Jamal Williams. Both viable. My receivers, which killed me. Chase Claypool, Nico Collins, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, KJ Osborne, Josh Palmer, Kadarius Tony. I loved my receiver core when we drafted. I was like, I'm with Noel Scott Fishball. This is walk-in touchdown here. And hold up, young man. Half of these guys are gonna be absolutely dog shit early on. And then my tight ends, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. I even picked up an Isaiah Likely at one point. <laughs> Christ. My team should be way better than it is. I better make the playoffs. Amazing. <laughs> got a got young Hoku in here. Held a kicker the such, whole time. such an Otten for me at tight end. Oh, hey. It's not bad. No. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to actually give a shit and recap this a week from now when we're – yeah, hopefully yeah. playoff bound. But all right, Did let's talk about injuries. All right, so we're just going to run down here, and I'm just following old NFL.com news here. Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz knee did not return after being labeled as questionable against the Rams. He's now supposedly getting a second opinion on his knee injury, but it does not sound good. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was ruled out with an ankle injury and also carted to the locker room. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett said post game they're hoping they dodged a bullet with Jer- Jer- Judy's injury. I don't know how factual that is because from everything I saw uh, on the old Twitterverse, it doesn't look that good for old Jerry Judy. Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert hip was ruled out versus the Lions. He was starting the takeover in that backfield, and of course he gets hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster was downgraded due to concussion. Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Chargers suffered a groin injury and did not return on Sunday night's game against the 49ers. Cooper Cup has a dreaded high ankle and is getting bum, surgery, bum, bum. and he will be gone at least four weeks. That season is over. That might have been what prompted just to shut him down, whether he is actually getting surgery or not. The Rams' hangover is real. They are not a playoff team. Probably figured why try and rush him back. Um and then uh, Leonard Fournette, last but not least on the early morning game, suffered a hit pointer and did not return, which led to the Rashad White breakout game. But it's already been report being reported that off their bye, he should be back active in week 12. So uh, significant amount of injuries that actually did occur. Only a few kind of season fantasy season enders. Um, and discussing that the off teams I already mentioned the Buccaneers with Leonard Fournette, but the state of Florida has off in week 11. Um, Bucks, Dolphins, Jaguars all on a bye this week. 
and the Seattle Seahawks returning home from Germany after their odd game with the Buccaneers or the four teams not playing in week 11. It's a, it's a good weekend for husbands in Florida to <laughs> surprise their wife and be like, I'll take, I'll take this weekend of football. Let's do something nice. There you go. The wife will be wowed. No clue who's on the bike. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. None, none the wiser. All right. So, I am that's injuries. That's bye weeks. <laughs> Wraps it up. I'm just going to go right to the north. Going to be short because the Jets and the Patriots were on the bye. And Miami usually has very little to report. <laughs> However, uh, it's Jeff Wilson season there. 60% of snaps to Mostert's 28. That's Mostert's lowest snap percentage of the season. So they brought Wilson in, familiar with the offense from San Francisco, and he is clearly the starter. He's replacing Mostert, just like Mostert replaced Chase Edmonds earlier in the year. So Wilson's going to be the guy to own both not models of clean health. If you have one and are looking for the playoffs, I don't think you can cut them because if one of them gets hurt, the other one is likely a league winner. So you got to hang on to him there. Buffalo... Singletary, 72% of touches. They got all sorts of people involved. Cook, 17% of uh, snaps. Naheem Hines saw six snaps, which is 8%. And Duke Johnson made an appearance. He even got on the field for five snaps, 7% of uh, their their offensive snaps. (sighs) Good Singletary game. He had two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. They got a lot of these other guys involved, and I'm not the biggest fan of what I'm seeing there. I mean, why did they trade for Hines if they're not going to use him? I mean, I get he's getting familiar with the offense and all that, but you know, if you're acquiring the guy, use him. Uh, At wide receiver, it's all Davis and Diggs. McKenzie, last three weeks has been trending up though as far as snaps. 53%, 66 and 69%. Not heavily involved, but it is ticking up, at least in workload, so Worth keeping an eye on, see if he ends up getting more touches as a result, but he is on the field more. And that's it for the North, nice and short. Yeah, well, no, two things. One, the Dolphins have a pretty interesting schedule off their bye. They do get the Texans in Week 12, but then they're at 49ers, at Chargers, at Bills, versus Packers, at Patriots for the rest of the fantasy season. So after this nice coming out of the bye win against the Texans, they have four or five on the road, and again, not against any slouches. I mean, not not the who's who of defenses, but some powerful. The you know, 49ers and Bills are top defenses, um, and the Chargers could maybe force them into a type of a shootout. Who knows what the Packers are going to be by then? But interesting schedule close for the Dolphins, and you mentioned the Bills. They obviously don't like big backs anymore, so they just keep getting these undersized ones that all do the same thing. But how about that game? Did you get to watch – the Bills Vikings game on Sunday. I did, in fact. Uh, that was I was watching Red Zone, but it was obviously a lot going on. So Red Zone had most of it on there. But that was one of the. I usually don't like close games. I love blowouts, but yeah, the the way that that ended with the craziness was pretty good. Yeah, I still contend that Ross that uh, Kirk Cousins scored on that sneak. Yeah, I think we're getting much too granular in these replays. You know, he, he could have tried harder, but look like he scored to me at the naked eye. And then obviously that fumble by Josh Allen uh, in the end zone was just bonkers. You know, not even talking about the Justin Jefferson catch, the Stefan Diggs catch. I mean, th- there was so much to be had here. It was nuts. But, you know, the Bills are 
are floundering a little bit. Um, you know, what's their what are Bill's record now? Six and three, they're third in the AFC East. That is just silliness um, as far as the, the Bills are concerned. You know, I'd be, feel bad if I was the Browns next week, to be honest with you. But from your north to my north, talking about the Vikings, uh, I've just copy and reuse this sheet every week. And it still says I called it uh, at the top of the Vikings. So I called it. I said the Vikings were going to win the NFC North. Pretty sure it's almost over at this point in time after their takedown of the Bills at this point in time. But we'll see. Dalvin Cook, 86 and 84% of the snaps the last two weeks. Alexander Madison is an afterthought again, which means that Cook's shoulder is back to health and they are just riding him till the wheels fall off. TJ Hawkinson played 93% of snaps and left briefly for a med check. So that guy probably would have been 100% snap guy again on the week. And he has 19 targets in his first two games in Minnesota. So he is diving right in to production with the Vikings. Lastly, Justin Jefferson saw his most targets of the season, 16, and ran up to a huge 10 for 193 and one stat line with some amazing, just crucial catches throughout the game. I mean, that dude is amazing. And far separates himself from the Adam Thielens and the KJ Osborns, who also are primary snap guys. They don't go any more than three deep as their wide receivers. Not another wide receiver logged a snap in the game. So it's super straightforward. I mean, and right now it's Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson, really. Osborne saw a fair amount of targets, wasn't able to get any production out of it. And then, you know, Adam Thielens, Adam Thielen. So Vikings keep skull, you know what, and the rest of his division. Um, who will they beat up on next? Uh, you might ask, uh, the Cowboys at home, they're going to beat them. So from them to the Packers respect where respect is due. I sent a tweet out when the Packers were down 14 in the third quarter and said down 14 in the third quarter in Lambeau. And this game is over. Life comes at you fast. Well, Aaron Rodgers said, not so fast walk underscore FF. Uh, I'm going to lead this unprecedented comeback against the Dallas Cowboys and beat Mike McCarthy in his return to Lambeau Field. Still only 20 pass attempts for Aaron Rodgers on the game, 14 of 20 for 224 yards and three touchdowns. Four of those completions, 107 of those yards and three of those touchdowns went to Christian Watson out of nowhere on his eight targets. The running backs continues to lean more heavily in the favor of Aaron Jones, which is good for us and good for Green Bay because he is the far superior back. 70% snaps for Aaron Jones, 38% of snaps for A.J. Dillon. What does that line look like? 24 for 138 and a touchdown for Aaron Jones. 13 for 65, no touchdown for A.J. Dillon. Both still productive, but in their appropriate roles. From them to the upstart Bears, Doing the right thing, uh, Chicago. Making it interesting and not winning a damn thing, which is you, you love to see it because hopefully that means more weapons for Justin Fields in the future. But do you see how happy Justin the fans Fields, were at one point in that game? They kept showing them on TV. They thought they were <laughs> gonna win. That that was the the happiest group of Bears fans I've ever seen in my life, and just to know that they stopped that in the end, snatched the rug out from under them. Yeah. Well, listen, Justin Fields, the runner, the last three weeks, okay, has totaled 36 carries for 385 yards and three touchdowns. During that same three-week span, the leading rusher in the NFL, Derrick Henry, 68 carries, 387 yards and four touchdowns. Just insanity. I mean, yeah. just 
He is putting up Derrick Henry production as a quarterback. And remember, Derrick Henry did most of this against the Houston Texans in his last three game string. <laughs> I mean, it's just bonkers what Justin Fields is doing. His three last three weeks, eight for 60 in a touchdown, 15 for 178 in a touchdown, 13 for 147 in a touchdown. I mean, it's just hold on. Did he have, did he have two touchdowns last week? I think I might have might have gypped Justin Fields of a touchdown rushing. I believe. Yes. Sorry. So my apologies. Stat correction. He has the same amount of touchdowns in the last four weeks as a good old Derrick Henry. So he has two less yards on 32 less carries than Derrick Henry has over the last three weeks. Let that soak in running back snaps, 66 for Montgomery, 38% for Herbert. Herbert left injured, but he was coming. Herbert was 10 for 57 rushing when he left the game. Monty was a stiff nine for 37. Ah, it just, it was so close. Hopefully the injury is not bad for Khalil Herbert because he is the superior back in Chicago. I've been saying it all along. Now everyone else is saying it. Welcome to the party. Monty is just such a jag and he will be washed out of this league in like two to three years once he's out of Chicago because he just isn't special in any way. He's just average all across the board as far as a running back. Khalil Herbert is a better running back now and forever. Hopefully he's healthy and we could see him finish the season as our starter. Last three weeks, Cole Komet, 15 targets, 11 catches, 126 yards, five touchdowns. Good for tight end one overall in the NFL from droppable to tight end one overall. I mean, the change that's happened for this Bears offense has been unbelievable. And it's pretty much been Fields and Komet because Darnell Mooney is still only a flexi type guy and the running backs are non, non-existent because Justin Fields is doing all the damage. Lastly, those Lions who snatched victory from the jaws of what a defeat against the Bears. Snap counts, 40% for Jamal Williams, 31% for DeAndre Swift, 27% for Justin Jackson. Big old F you to everyone. Jamal Williams owners, <laughs> Andre Swift the owners. Craig Reynolds owners would like a word. <laughs> yeah, Justin Jackson <laughs> non-owners. Craig Reynolds is on IR. That's the only reason he didn't get any work. Oh, I so, didn't know. I thought he was still. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. he's hurt. He'd, he'd have been in there. Don't, don't you worry about that, buddy. <laughs> so just a cluster. You know what? Got a touchdown out of DeAndre Swift for his six carries for six yards and a touchdown. He actually only had one catch for six yards as well. I mean, this is just gross. With DeAndre Swift, if he's not healthy, don't play him. If he's healthy, play him. I mean, you can't play. You can't play in the middle. Like we're only going to play him a little bit and hope he doesn't get hurt. No, you're either healthy or you're not. Get him in there. Amon Ross St. Brown played 81 percent of the snaps, 11 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards on the day. Even had a two-yard carry. I mean, he's fallen back into the same role he was in last year when he's this entire offense again because there's no T.J. Hawkinson. There's a limited DeAndre Swift. The narrative's the exact same. He's the only game in town. He saw 11 of the 26 pass attempts from Jared Goff. I mean, that is just bonkers uh, market share for a receiver because when you're fighting with Cleve Raymond, Tom Kennedy, Justin Jackson, DeAndre Swift, James Mitchell, Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra, you're going to get all the work. So Lions still suck. You called it it as soon as uh, (laughs) Hawkinson was gone. And the injuries started piling up. It's exact. Same thing last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's getting healthy again, so he's going to win people fantasy championships. He's going to see 10-plus targets. He's going to get 
10. He's going to catch like 80 to 90% because they're all low A dot stuff. He's going to yeah. get work in the running game. So he's going to just compile like these 10 catch for 90 yard games. He's going to get a couple carries. He's just constantly going to be churning around 20 points every single week. It's going to happen. Yeah. Gets in the end zone. We're talking 30. I mean, that's just where he's going to live. So long as he maintains health. So that's my North. And I'm Skull. realizing I, I always call the AFC East the North. And then I go on with the East. So you went North. I'm going to go North and try to even things. I didn't out even right pay now. attention. I heard you say the North and I just looked, scrolled down on my sheet. I, I wasn't even listening. I, I, I didn't I realize who you were talking about. I think so. I do it most of the time, actually. Uh, no, awesome. you know, I see New England and I see the Jets and I think of them There's above, north above the Mason Dixon line. So I go, ah, North. But anyway, on to the actual North. Uh, Baltimore on the bye, Cincinnati on the bye. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, uh, Jalen Warren. Now it's a 60-40 split. They said they were going to get Warren more involved. He wasn't heavily involved, but uh, I think he's playable in PPR leagues, especially with the bye. I think he went uh, three three targets, three receptions prior to this week. It had kind of been a 70-30, so a small tick up. I want to see more games before you can actually – rely on that going one way or the other i completely forgot somebody said something on twitter and someone replied to me i totally forgot that Najee harris to start the year had been dealing with a list frank thing so i'm even wondering was wearing a plate in his shoe or something crazy yeah and i totally <laughs> forgot that that happened so if, if they think they're out of it it's stupid to even keep him out there just get because that's a long that's a shitty injury if you think it's going to require surgery just getting him out there to get the the skeleton corpse cadaver of what he once was for what to to get the fucking fourteenth draft pick. Who cares? So if he's Listen, hurt, Tomlin, he Tomlin never, yeah, he never gives up. John, are you kidding me? He's three. I know six. you're right. Like, I get it. Listen, he's like we could be eleven and six. <laughs> this season isn't over. So. Uh, the big thing to look for with Pittsburgh was uh, Claypool was traded. He was getting like 90% snap share. So I think the expectation was Pickens gone in the Claypool role up to 90%. Didn't happen. Pickens saw 75% of snaps, which is more or less in line to what he's been seeing. So he didn't get an increase in work. What happened was Gunnar Olazuski got 26%. Steven Sims Jr. saw 38%. And Miles Boykin saw 17%. All three hit their high on, on the year. So Pickens stayed in the same role, and it almost looks like they just split Claypool's work <laughs> among those three as far as just the pure numbers go. So that's what George Pickens did see was the carries. He did he see two rush attempts, ended up getting 23 yards and a short touchdown on one of those sweeps that they used to try and use for Claypool. So he did kind of see Claypool work. He just didn't see the Claypool snaps. Volume. Yeah. yeah, so it's worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, if you have him, you know, you got to plug him in there. I, I didn't tell me how tell me how suitable Deontay Johnson is. Go ahead, tell me. He stinks. Didn't he? He had more fantasy points than Pickens. No, he didn't. No, nah, he couldn't. Are you sure? He oh, had 10. you know what I'm looking at? points. Pickens had six point two and a touchdown of thirty twelve point two without the without the rushing work. No, Pickens outscored him. Deontay Johnson, his high uh, PPR in the last month, because he doesn't have a touchdown, 
give it a quick math. It is uh it was ten point three points. It was what he scored against the Saints. Eight point five against Philadelphia, nine point two against Miami, seven point two against Tampa Bay before he had a sterling eleven point game at Buffalo. Before that, he had 3.1 at the Jets. His last legit game was back on September 22nd when he had 16.4 PPR points on an 8-for-84 game where he saw 11 targets against Cleveland. Well, considering I have him in a couple leagues and have played him every single week, it didn't seem that bad to me. So now you're <laughs> – We need to start paying attention. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's a it's – a, not one of the league's best offenses, question marks at running back. Their O-line isn't that great. Rookie quarterback, there's a lot of things going against all these guys, except Pickens is a psychopath, so he's <laughs> that's always a plus. Uh, moving down to Cleveland, the, the thing to keep in mind here is our, our buddy, Mr. Massage Parlor himself, uh, Deshaun Watson, back at practice this week, so he's due to return, what, three weeks? Now, yeah, week 13 in Houston. Weird how that worked out. Wonder if wonder if that game's going to be on TV. Um, Strange. Any interest? Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. But yes, Dearness Johnson saw 18% of snaps, his highest of the season, which kind of weird. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper both had lower snap shares than usual. Uh, <laughs> Dave Bell saw 52%. They got Schwartz involved 18%. And Mike Probably Woods, whoever, huh? Probably because it'll blow out. Yeah, and then someone named Mike Woods, 19%. So they got some other guys involved there, but similar, like we say, every time we get to the AFC North, very narrow distribution trees pretty much on all four teams there. So it was a little interesting to see the other guys get in there. But like you said, this game was kind of out of hand early, so maybe they just wanted to get somebody some work and not get their stars hurt. But nothing really interesting here except for the Pickens usage. All right. So the one thing I found interesting was that Nick Chubb scored his 33-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter of this blowout, right, when you're saying not putting your stars in. What is going on with Cream Hunt? Six carries for nine yards, one catch for 10 yards, back to, like, not even flex status. You can't claim that they're trying to save him for a trade because the trade deadline's passed when that all made sense before, and then they featured him going into the trade deadline. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, Didn't he wait for a trade at some point, right? Maybe maybe there's – Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, they were – sure, I get they were – but the trade deadline's passed. Like, I'm saying there's probably a small rift. He's probably bitching behind the scenes. Out. He didn't get traded, so they'll teach him. They'll that's get Nick strange. Chubb hurt. And then the quarterback yeah, comes back. It's just strange, right? You should be riding him now. It's his last year. I mean, there's yeah. no way he's back there next year, so why, why not give him work? Grinding especially in a blowout. Dirt. He'd been in there the whole fourth quarter, especially if he was being a malcontent. Like, mm-hmm. Get your ass out there. You know, if not, you're going to be inactive. You're not going to get your game checks. Yep. Enough out of that. All right, so you're north to my east as we're trying to there get this compass back on track. Um. <laughs> So, both my teams played last night. Well, both my teams. Two of the teams in the East, one of which is my team. So, we'll start with the Eagles, still first place. Miles Sanders played 58% of snaps, and he saw 12 of the 14 non-Jalen Hurts carries. 12 carries, 54 yards, all reasonable. 5.4 PPR points because he doesn't catch any footballs. I mean, it's just stat simple with him. His game got away from him. The time of possession was 
just outrageous. I've never watched. I only watched the first half of this game, full disclosure, because I was tired and still a little under the weather. I'm glad I did. The final time of possession was 40 minutes and 24 seconds by Washington, 19 minutes and 36 seconds for the Eagles. That is, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of carries in those type of games, but I've never seen something that lopsided in my life. AJ Brown saw his lowest targets, four, and his lowest fantasy production on one catch for seven yards of the year. On that seven yard catch, he looked like he tweaked his hamstring or his knee or something. When he came out of his break, he hobbled on the sideline a little bit. Only saw three targets the rest of the game, didn't catch a single one. Don't know it's much to worry about, but it was interesting that he was rendered catchless after that point in time. Um, Jalen Hurts' deep ball interception actually hit uh, A.J. Brown in the hands and was back up to the D-back who made that interception. Um, So could have been a big catch for A.J. Brown. Might have changed the tenor of the game, but who knows? Eagles lost, undefeated seasons behind us. We move on. From one loser to another, the Dallas Cowboys. I would have felt a lot worse if I was a Dallas Cowboy fan, the way they blundered away the win in Green Bay. Tony Pollard jumped from 53% to 87% snap player. I, I can't recall how many articles I read that said that Dallas does not consider him an every snap guy and wants to limit him to like 30 snaps in a game. So I'm guessing game script dictated that he is, in fact, an every down player. And what did he do? Well, he had 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown, and he had three receptions for 13 yards. Bell Cal production on Bell Cal work, 25 touches. So he's a stud. Stop lying about what Tony Pollard is and isn't. He should be your starting running back. CD Lamb explosion game had 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. They still couldn't win. And lastly, Dalton Schultz with Dak equals a tight end one. He had six for 54 and a touchdown. Um, in this marred wasteland of tight ends, so long as Dak is under center, Dalton Schultz is a plug-and-play tight end one. The second-place New York Giants, who won again, albeit against the Houston Texans, Saquon Barkley has played 80% of snaps in all but one game this year, and in that game, he didn't hit the threshold because he left shortly due to injury. It's just unbelievable Christian McCaffrey-level snap shares for Saquon. What did he do? 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. They came out of by saying, we're just force feeding you until the Texas (laughs) break. Stretch them legs, pal. Yeah. I mean, just 35 carries. I mean, that's Derrick Henry-esque work there. That was my favorite stat I heard on Sunday. That was my favorite stat I heard Sunday. It was like 35. Jesus. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, nuts. Darius Slayton's becoming a thing again. 80% 80% snaps, three for 95 and a touchdown on a play he made by himself and just rocking it up the sideline. He is startable. I mean, he's he's he would be my wide receiver one on their team. I think he surpassed Wondell Robinson. still gadgety. They still don't pass enough for a guy like that to really be consistently productive. And then there's just no one else in, in that entire offense for them to throw to. So Darius Slayton is startable, in, in my opinion, especially in week 11. When the Giants, I thought I saw this, they're uh, home against the Lions. So, yeah, go start Darius Slayton. Kenny Galladay played 38% of snaps. They said he was going to play heavy snaps. I guess 38%. Oh, he did. I thought I saw he didn't get any stats. I knew he could be active for this game, but I, I thought he had two <laughs> disgusting drops. Oh, so, no. He's, I, he's, I don't know. Why, I don't know even know how he got back on the field. I mean, it's it's done. Sorry, oh, I didn't know just that at all. move on. Write the check. 
and and get other guys out there who actually deserve to play because it even doesn't look like he gives a shit when he's out there. Honestly, <laughs> lastly, congrats to the Commanders for I guess winning um, on Monday Night Football. Their rushing stat line as a team: forty nine carries for one hundred and fifty two yards and two touchdowns. Three point one yards per carry. You heard me say Saquon Barkley had 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. Well, add another 14 carries for no yards. <laughs> and that's what the commanders did. It was just death by a million paper cuts. They and it worked. I mean, that's how they get to 40 minutes time of possession, but it was just painful to watch Brian Robinson plunge into the pile, play after play for three to four yards. And it just you hate to say it, but he got out of there with a touchdown. So did Antonio Gibson. So I guess they both got you there. No passing touchdowns for Heineke, but he did still find a way to get eight catches for 128 yards to Terry McLaurin. McLaurin loves him some Taylor Heineke. So at least some of the guys got you there on the Washington Commanders, and they ended up getting the win um, when it was all said and done. And then Taylor Heineke went and did his best Kirk Cousins impersonation on the plane ride home by getting chained up and someone else letting him borrow some glasses. What I was disappointed by is that the man had a shirt on, so he wasn't really committed. And the fact that they weren't really paying attention to the six-pack of bush light that Taylor Heineke had in front of him for what was probably an hour-long flight back to D.C. <laughs> the, uh, the If they keep winning, there's no way they go back to Wentz, right? Wentz can be activated next week. He was at the game. He looked like he was – ready to be activated. I mean, it was, he had surgery on his finger. Um, I don't see a world where he starts next week. He can't use three and one for Heineke. You know how uh riverboat they're Ron French, does. They're playoffy. They're French oh, now. And and they're, they're going to Houston to go kick the dicks off the Texans. <laughs> you know what? That's, Texans a big, are only, that's a big letdown spot. They come up this strange, big win. The Texans are only a three point home dog with a 40 and a half point total so they're going to say at a low scoring game that you know the commanders eke out i would take the houston money line that's a yeah that is a that is a curious line right there john Dude, that's a that's just a it's a typical letdown spot they're on the road you said it's in houston yeah, it's, in, it's in houston yeah okay short week playing monday night on the road Coming off probably is that the team's biggest fucking win in five years? <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Well, no, what, they didn't they win something to go make the playoffs last year? I don't know, but beating <laughs> an undefeated yeah. division rival, you got Rivera crying after the game. Yeah, this is a giant letdown spot. Give me Houston. Right, you heard it here first, folks. A smooth transition. We're going to go to the AFC South and start with Houston since we're already talking about Houston. So uh, Brandon Cooks didn't play last week for being a angry malcontent. Uh, and this week he came back, hit the field, but was stripped of being a team captain. But he saw 64% of snaps. Nico Collins saw 78. He's put together a couple decent games in a row, but this team sucks on offense, so it's hard to really – trust him going down the stretch but he is on the field something to keep in mind heading into you know trading in the offseason uh chris moore and philip dorsett saw 53 and 54 percent of snaps respectively so they were all kind of involved didn't mean anything this team stinks doesn't matter it's all damian pierce in the backfield nothing else to report there indianapolis 
surprisingly, Matty Ice got on the field. I didn't know that uh, was even in the range of opportune outcomes this week. So leagues where I had him in Superflex, I started a wide receiver or tight end or running back or someone else where I could have used him, and he played all right. Jeff Saturday, taking over coaching duty. He's never coached in his life. What should you do? Get your stud the ball. Jonathan Taylor saw 94% of the snaps, 22 carries. Not the Saquon Barkley-esque 34, but I'll take 22. Had himself a nice game. Uh, Ashton Doolin got on the field, too, for 31% of snaps, which is his most since week two when they were riddled with injuries. So kind of weird. They got four receivers involved. Maybe they start going four wide a little more. And uh, Jelani Woods didn't play without him out there, this three-headed tight end you know, roll the dice week to week. Mo Ali Cox saw 60% of snaps. Kylie Granton saw 40. So it's kind of a 60 40 split. But with all three in the fold, it's hard to trust any of them because they're splitting it pretty evenly. Tennessee, nothing really happened. He had the return of Ryan Tannehill, which is obviously a big boost from what we saw with Malik Willis, uh, where they were just relying heavily on. What's that? God awful. Yes. And leaning on. <laughs> You know, Derrick Henry like crazy. But Traylon Burks also came back. He didn't play for four games, got out there, saw – I'm sorry, five – five four games over five weeks. Saw 56% of snaps. Nick Keeney-Westbrook had two touchdowns this week. Woods looks cooked. Westbrook is, you know, a, a viable wide receiver too, a guy, a guy that's not a total liability out there, but – if Burks can come back and do something, I mean, he's got sky-high upside, so he'll be interesting to watch closing out the season here. And last and certainly least, Jacksonville. I met, mentioned this la- last <laughs> week, and we'll keep this going. But uh, without Robinson there in the backfield, ATN has seen 79, 81, and 78% of snaps. Jamichael Hasty is a very distant number two. They're heading to the bye this week. Uh, Christian Kirk had a decent week. Zay Jones is a number two with Marvin Jones, a distant number three. Evan Ingram's proven to be a a, a viable starter at tight end, but is what it is. Nothing really earth shattering there. Jacksonville's just meh, meh with glimmers of hope for the future. But this year there's nothing amazing there. I mean, Christian Kirk and Etienne are the only fantasy must starts on that team. Matt's yeah. the South. Evan, Evan, Evan Ingram, who was viable the last two weeks, has totaled four catches for 22 yards. <clears throat> so, albeit got hurt in one, but he's shines off of him a, a little bit as well. But you're right. I mean, Christian Kirk. I mean, the thing with tight ends is it's, it's just so matchup based, too. I mean, you, you have the obviously dynasty, you, you're going to have more depth because you have bigger <laughs> rosters. But like in redraft, I have one tight end every week and I'm still probably going to roll Ingram out instead of, you know, crossing sure. my fingers. And we'll, we'll talk about probably this later, but like now that Goddard's hurt, are you going to play Ingram or Grant Calcaterra? You still got to play Ingram, you know? So it's one of those things where if you have them, especially in redraft, you're kind of pinched because you shouldn't have three tight ends on your roster and you're not going to cut them to pick somebody up just for one week because you're going to want Ingram probably, you know, two weeks from now when the matchups are better. Absolutely right. But when I see Trevor Lawrence throw it 40 times and four of those targets go to Evan Ingram, that, that little 10% target share isn't going to get me out of bed in the morning. So 
It's unfortunate because he, he was having a little bit of a renaissance, but he's kind of Evan Ingram uh, of late. So <clears throat> we'll talk about disappointing. So let's talk about the NFC South because ugh, top to bottom. Uh, the Buccaneers found a way to win in, in Germany, but still wasn't pretty. Uh, what did happen is Rashad White saw 64% of the running back snaps of Leonard Fournette's 29. Now that was because Leonard Fournette left with a hit pointer, but it also let our boy, Shad White rushed for 22 carries for 105 scoreless yards. As a point of reference, Leonard Fournette has not eclipsed 65 rushing yards since week one of the season. Also, another point, another good note was that Julio Jones played 51% of the snaps and had his best game of the season. Three for 53 and a touchdown. Uh, it doesn't take much because he's been terrible. But other than that, God, we got his <laughs> touchdown. Mike Evans saw his targets. Break came back and kind of ate into Otten a little bit. But... You know, it was a win's a win uh, for those Buccaneers, and and now they're on by. Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield is set to start in week 11 because I believe they said P.J. Walker has a high ankle sprain, which is weird. Yeah. Sure didn't seem like anything happened to him in that (laughs) brain chest. It was was limited at all, so uh, whenever that happened is is news to me. So uh, sit D.J. Moore and start Terrace Marshall Jr. That's uh, your fantasy advice for this week as Carolina Panthers pass catchers. Dante Foreman is a grown-ass man, is my other note. His last four weeks, five for 118 and no touchdowns. 26 for 118 and three touchdowns. Had a little bit of a dud, three for 20, or sorry, seven for 23 in the Cincinnati blowout, and then toted 31 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown in a dominating performance by the Panthers on Thursday night football. He has been a revelation and they better not go back to Chuba Hubbard down the stretch. Just ride Dante Foreman. The Saints suck. They're three and seven. I love it because we have their first round draft pick. Kamara played 79% of snaps and didn't do jack. Saw four targets. Chris Alave played 77% of snaps and didn't do squat. He had five targets. Meanwhile, Juwan Johnson played 66% of snaps and saw seven targets on route to a four for, sorry, route to a five for 44 and one stat line. Juwan Johnson's the most productive fantasy player on this team. That tells you everything you need to know about the current Saints and how wrong they were about going all in by trading future draft assets to go get a wide receiver and an offensive tackle when you were debating between Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, that quarterback. So Saints are going to Saint. Lastly, the Atlanta Falcons. It was last Thursday, but it feels like yesterday. Uh, Tyler Algier, 48% of snaps. Cordero Patterson, 38% of snaps. Caleb Huntley, 14% of snaps. Avery Williams, 14% of snaps. When you have four active running backs in an Arsenal offense, I guess you have to use all of them accordingly. Uh, CPAT should have saw more touches than he did in this game. I just don't get it. It was never out of hand. He should be used as your pass catching back. So many issues with this utilization um, from that game. Lastly, free Kyle Pitts. He played 89% of snaps and saw eight targets. Stat line, two for 28 and no touchdowns. I did watch this game. It was disgusting. What more <laughs> was doing he was not throwing it in Kyle Pitts' zip code half of the time. And this is a giant human being with a massive wingspan. And I would say two of the eight were catchable. <laughs> and they're the two he caught in the game. It was just so bad. I mean, I'm not even talking about the flip over throw that Marcus Mariota tried to pull off when he got sacked. I mean, the fact that we're not seeing Desmond Ritter is a indictment on Desmond Ritter as a human being 
and a couple <laughs> of plans. Because Mariota has done nothing to justify keeping this job. I don't care what their record is. He's a QB1 for fantasy. At least he was. I don't know what it is now. It's but. yucky. It's just yucky, John. I mean, that's just where we're at right now. Oh, and it's terrible. Falcons, okay. They dropped the second. They're four and six. Losing record. Move on. Get Ritter in there. Try and make they this won a game. What game did they win? They won a big game a couple weeks ago. And I think I said when we were recording, Probably. this is the worst thing that they could, that could happen. Cause now they, they think they can hang and it's like, uh, you're probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. They beat up on the 49ers randomly in week six, 28, 14. That's the game you're talking about. Correct. They lost three of their last four and their win was that huge overtime against the Panthers where if DJ Moore doesn't throw his helmet off, they lose that game too. Because the dude makes the extra point. So they should be on a four-game losing streak right now. Yeah. You get that yeah. one big win, and you think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Arthur Blank doesn't have much long, much longer to live. He, he needs to get moving on this rebuild. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know we're going to talk owner death, but I'm here for it. <laughs> nothing's, out of, nothing's off limits on this show. Uh, is that everybody? Is that the entire South? Oh, I talked about <laughs> Arthur Black. I think, I think we're good. It's very forgettable. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah. So, all right. More, let's let's get more disgusting. Let's go to the AFC West. I guess I'll just uh, start with the Raiders right down the street from me here. Uh, Amir Abdullah, 13%, 34%, 24%, 21 snap share the last four games. Not doing shit with it, but it is kind of weird that those are ticking up. He's not taking any work from Jacobs, but Jacobs hasn't been as good as he was to start the year. With Renfro out on injured reserve, uh, Keelan Cole been the recipient of those snaps, 69%, but still well behind Adams and Hollins as their top two receivers. Uh, Josh McDaniel was given the dreaded vote of confidence from Raiders ownership guaranteed he would be back to start the 2023 season as their head coach. That just tells me he got pants by Jeff fired. Saturday. He's going to be fired, right? <laughs> like that's, that's oh, usually man. like a, a guarantee when you get the vote of confidence, it's almost means you're always going to be fired. Listen, uh, if, if Mark Davis's Face tells me anything. It's that he doesn't understand how to do the old double, you know, the double standard. <laughs> you know, talking out the side of his mouth. So I think Josh Daniel will be back next year. Really? I, I'm shocked he's still there. I mean, to keep in mind, I mean, maybe it's a little different because I get the local. Huh? He's building a culture. I mean, I, I get the local <laughs> Vegas stuff, so it's obviously biased, but. This was a team that really, I mean, we've talked about it too. Even in this arms race with the West, you're like, you're still probably the fourth best team. But they, either way, this is a giant disappointment for them. I mean, they went from deep into the playoff aspirations to like, who, who are we picking with the third pick in the draft? And, and then Derek they are Carr, two and seven, and I think they're worse than that. <laughs> Derek Carr's <laughs> tears will agree with you. Does um, he starts for the Colts right. next year? Yeah. I've never been more confident in something in my life. Just <laughs> fits right in. Uh, Denver, Melvin Gordon, 54% of snaps. Latavius Murray, 31. Chase Edmonds, 19. Coming off the bye. 
that's probably where I would have guessed it was. Again, another person saw the increase in, in Snap, but didn't do shit with it. Um, curious to see how they get him involved to close out the year. I mean, Gordon stunk. Latavius Murray is old. They traded for him. I think he's on a two-year deal that he originally signed with Miami. So there is a world where if they get him involved, he could be their starting running back next year. I mean, well, behind Javante whenever he's healthy and gets back. But he could carve out a role for himself with his offense. Judy getting hurt. You mentioned that at the top of the show. Sutton saw 93% snapshare in his absence. Kendall Hilton was the wide receiver too, 96%. Uh, Tyree Cleveland, we've talked about before on the show, 34%. And out of nowhere, someone named Jalen Vigil, 30%, and got in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I don't know who that guy is, where he came from. The the other guys were the guys to own previously, so that was a little odd. Um, But this, this, you know, this Denver offense is terrible. This whole team stinks. It's hard to trust any of them. Virgil got in the end zone once, one catch for 66 yards, <laughs> but he was out there quite a bit. I mean, 30% is not, not nothing. All right, Kansas City Chiefs. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, done? Dunzo done? Like officially done, done? <laughs> done, done, done. Four, four snaps? Four. That's what happens when you stink. I mean, boy, oh boy. McKinnon, 38% snap share. Pacheco, 56%. I, I'm really interested to see what they do this week coming up because, you know, these teams every once in a while have these one-week blips, so it's hard to build off of that, but sure looks like Edwards Hilaire is done-done. But that, I digress. Listen, Juju what's, got that, what's that make you think about Ronald Jones? Yeah, how bad is he? I, I uh, know how bad he is. It doesn't, make, exactly. it doesn't change my mind on anything. But you know what I mean? Like the fact that like Edwards Alaire was active over him and it's clear that Chiefs don't even like Edwards Alaire or what he brings to the offense. And they Ronald Jones getting a bit of sniff as a running back three in, in game week. No, nor should he. Uh Juju got hurt. McCole Hardman uh missed the game. I think he had a groin injury going into it. In uh with Hardman out and Juju getting banged up early in the game. Valdez Scantling saw 84% of snaps, his most on the season. Justin Watson, surprisingly, 73%. Sky Moore, 25 I mean, that guy, the shine has certainly fallen off that fella. So if you were a big fan heading into the year, you could probably get him pretty cheap in a trade right now. Same thing, like, like you had said with Ronald Jones. If he can't get on the field over Edwards Hilaire, who they – game plan for snaps for i mean if more can't get in there without hardman or juju that's kind of surprising especially over like you know justin watson and though the scantling is a field stretcher but he's not you know a world beater by any stretch of the imagination uh Kadarius tony 44 percent got his first touchdown there you could see a world where he becomes a, an integral part of this offense especially if juju and hardman miss any more time um, but that's it for Kansas City. Obviously, anybody on this offense is poised to pop at any time. All these guys can be on a best ball roster. I, I don't know about how much you trust them week in and week out, and it, it, you know, lock them in a starting lineup. But best ball, you'd feel pretty confident with any of the guys, any of these guys lurking on the bottom of your roster and moving down, up, whichever direction to the always disappointing Los Angeles Chargers. Do you know, here's a little trivia for you. 
take a guess on how many total snaps Keenan Allen has played in 2022. 17. Oh, wait. 45. But 17 uh, would I know he played a lot. I know he, played, he got hurt late in week one and then <clears throat> play. just picked my favorite number. I know it was low. That's fair. Yeah. 45 <laughs> on the season. Fuck. It, it, Listen, that's what happens rush. when you get old. Listen, I love Keenan Allen. But I mean, why they rushed this guy back is just insane. Before the bye, yeah, before the, yeah. the stupidest. Yeah. Look, it's because they're desperate, John. You know, Keenan Allen gets it's coming to coming to the end of the Keenan Allen Express. <laughs> they're in win now mode with Justin Herbert. You know, and then Mike Williams gets hurt. You know, they they need look who they're throwing out there. I mean, we're both like Josh Palmer. He's not anyone's number one. He's a great number three. He might be a decent number two. DeAndre, DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is disgusted by you. Yeah. Getting meaningful targets, you know what I mean? Like, and they're still five and four. That's why they're getting Keenan Allen out there because they need someone Justin Herbert to throw the football to. Is it Austin Eckler? You you mentioned both their names, but yeah, with with uh, Mike Williams and Allen out the last two weeks, Palmer 91, 95 percent snap share, Carter 83, then 86. I bring him up every week, but this Michael Bandy guy keeps lingering 80 and 84%. Still don't know who he is. Doesn't do anything with those snaps. Uh, Gerald Everett got banged up, hurt his groin, uh, 17% snap share before he got hurt. Trey McKinney came in 78%. McKinney was somebody that you and I both liked when he came out a year or two ago. I'm not quite sure, but he's good enough. He could put up you know, Everett light numbers, especially with both wide receivers, both starting wide receivers banged up. So we'll talk about him a little bit more when we get to waivers, but McKitty's someone to keep an eye on. And then last and certainly not least, save this bit just for you, Isaiah Spiller. Four weeks ago, he saw four snaps, which is 6%. Then they were on the bye, coming off the bye, 13 snaps, which is 19%, 10 snaps, which was 17%. So a bigger workload than Sony Michelle two games in a row. So he's getting out there. If Eckler were to get banged up, you would assume Spiller would absolutely see more. And talent wise, Spiller's obviously better than Sony Michelle. I, I would assume. I mean, we haven't seen a bunch of the NFL level to know that for sure, but he could be a sneaky stash into the playoffs guy now before something happens to Eckler and then you got to pay top dollar for him. It probably doesn't cause anything to get him in redraft. So I know that's one of your guys, kind of a little positive note potentially as, as I finish with the AFC. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Trey McKitty dropped what could have been like a 30 yard touchdown too. As I was watching that game, hit him right in the hands as he was running a seam route. So he's, he's dead to me. Um, and <laughs> as far as the chargers, they can't run the ball at all. They have 764 rushing yards on the year, 3.7 yards per carry. They lost Rashawn Slater. They're d- down some town on offense. Like, I don't think it'll matter. You know, the only reason Austin Eckler's really maintaining his viability is because he catches like eight balls a game right now, uh, unfortunately. But if that does happen, my Scott fishbowl will be happy that I held Isaiah Spiller all this time. So from your West to my West and, it's not, it's not a strong finish here. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like, let me do the quick math, what only one of these teams won of the three, um, and it wasn't even that impressive. So let's go from top to bottom. Rams, Cooper Cup's hurt, season's over. Uh, he got put on IR four weeks. His stat line was five targets for three catches minus one yards before he got hurt. So uh, 
Boy, you don't realize how impactful Matt Stafford is until you see John Wofford throw medicine balls to Cooper Cup. So there's there's that. Uh, Tyler Higby, eight targets, eight catches, 73 yards, and is the last man standing in that offense. He probably will be hyper-targeted. And wouldn't surprise me if he had another one of those tight end one overall finishes like he did a few years ago where he's just getting double-digit targets every week going forward. Uh, Cam Akers played 17% of the snaps and had six carries for 22 yards. Darrell Henderson played 57% of the snaps, had six carries for 21 yards and a touchdown. That uh, that backfield is just in shambles. Meanwhile, Kyron Williams, 27% of snaps, only had one carry, had nine yards, had three receptions for 30 yards. Looks like he might be able to bring some explosion to the offense. People have been talking about him. I think he will start getting worked in more and more, um, especially as they run out of viable weapons in their offense. So keep an eye on Kyron Williams. And the he's going to be a fun one to watch. He's going to be fun to watch just because he he's looked good playing football, and then he had a catastrophic oh. – and that's not hyperbolic at all. He had one of the yeah. worst combines ever. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. He's a big measurable versus tape guy. So it will be interesting to see what he does because he, like you said, he's going to get more work here. Yeah. Oh, it was painful. I mean, I was I liked Kyron Williams, but he just disappeared for me um, after that combine. And, and for the NFL as well, he plummeted down yeah. the airport. It cost himself hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars <laughs> in this yeah. first contract with that combine. So um hopefully he can play his way into some escalators um going down the line because clearly they're still done with acres i don't even know why they're bothering giving them 17 percent of snaps um that, that can't be appeasing him it's probably probably like hey if you want to get your paycheck you at least have to be active on game day so we can not give daryl henderson all the work because we don't want to uh, i just don't even know what that <laughs> conversation sounds like at this point in time but moving to the 49ers christian mccaffrey 65 percent of snaps our guy elijah mitchell only 35% of snaps on the game. But boy, did he look healthy. Not going to say he looked better than Christian McCaffrey, but 18 carries for 89 yards, almost five yards a clip compared to Christian McCaffrey's 14 for 38. Some of his were short yardage work. McCaffrey did get into the end zone, but Mitchell looked good running the ball. Hopefully we'll get sufficient you know they want to run the ball i mean i don't know that 41 carries is in the offing for the 49ers week in and week out but you know they want to run the ball eli mitchell could see 12 to 15 carries any given week and you could still like 10 to 12 maybe to 15 to cmc and get him all the passing downs work eli mitchell might be flexible uh for the did, remainder of the season if he's able to find his way into the end zone uh, a few times did you see what george the kittle said well, uh, well they tell me to go fuck oh, myself oh, they said they're anticipating a 50-50 split workload between McCaffrey and Mitchell. Oh, they weren't lying. Yeah. I mean, so we got 18 attempts and two targets, so that's 20 opportunities for Eli Mitchell, and you had 14 attempts and six targets, which if Matt serves is 20 opportunities <laughs> for Christian McCaffrey. I, I'd have fucked so, that up. <laughs> Glad you did it. Touche, Mr. Shadahan, near 50-50 split. Um, yeah, keep it up. Love Elijah Mitchell. And keep CMC healthy. There's really it's no, there's, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. George Kittle played 100% of snaps and saw two targets. One catch for 21 yards. I had a parlay where he had to get 25 yards for me to win money. So, of course, that happened. Yeah. Last two games played for 
Uh, Debo Samuel, 13 targets, seven receptions, 66 yards, no touchdowns. Five rushes, 29 yards, no touchdowns. Mm. So he missed a week, but these are his last two games mm. that he played. You're telling me that they want to get 50-50 to Mitchell and uh, Christian McCaffrey means precious little opportunity for Debo. He did have four carries on the game at 27 yards, so super productive, but he's not seeing the eight to 10 carry games anymore. And he saw, what did he, what did he get? He had six targets, caught two of them for 24 yards. Like not his best game as a receiver, but if they're going to live in this world where Jimmy's throwing it less than 30 times and you're seeing six type targets for Debo Samuel, ugh, painful. Because we all knew he wasn't going to continue to be this dual threat, you know, you know, workhorse, you know, especially after they get Christian McCaffrey. We knew that evaporated, but he's he's just not going to get the passing downs work even that he was getting at certain points last year when he was seeing eleven plus targets to be productive. So he's fallen out of wide receiver one territory altogether. He's a low end two right now, and he'll have a few boom weeks. But you hate to see it. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk than. Debo Samuel now, and I wouldn't have said that a year ago. No one would have. I mean, he's a little banged up, but I'm curious to see if his you know usage gets an uptick when he's fully healthy. But I, I has he been banged up all year, John? Because I mean, for several weeks. I mean, what are we week ten? Right. I think he's been dinged for like five weeks. Because he's had six, seven, seven, eight, nine, and ten targets for the first six weeks of the year. He only had one hundred yard game, and it was on the six, seven target games. One of his lower ones. That was his only one of his only two touchdowns either. I mean, he's been mm. does suck. Know, just I mean, he's he's not Deontay Johnson level bad, but he's 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 not making me happy. Um, from the Forty Nineers to the Seahawks. 87% of snaps for Kenneth Walker was his highest snap percentage of the year. Had 10 carries for 17 yards. The Bucks just eliminated the run. He did have six catches for 55 yards, so still didn't dodge you. Um, even in a bad game, he was able to give you double-digit PPR points. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett each played 90% of snaps over there and uh, touchdown for, for old DK Metcalf. And Geno Smith was able to cobble together a good game. Um even though they were only able to put up 16 points, but they got their stars out there. They got touchdown. I'm sorry, DK didn't score. He had six for 71. It was Lockett that scored, but still all, all kind of assets got involved for the Seahawks. Now they're on a bye. Hopefully they'll be able to close strong last and certainly least. They have taken the last and certainly least moniker from the Atlanta Falcons is the Arizona Cardinals. They need Colt McCoy to win football games, uh, apparently, or playing against John Wofford. One of the two, not really sure. But 96% of snaps for James Conner in his first game back, I believe. Um, no, 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 he played last week, but let me, uh, I'm not even going to fact check this. Played 96% of snaps this week, 1% of snaps for Eno Benjamin, who was subsequently released from yeah. the team, to, which is crazy because Eno's been good he's mm-hmm. been with the team he's worked his way up he doesn't seem like a mal- there seems to be no reason why you would release Eno Benjamin from from this team but they did and who's going to end up latching on somewhere um, I wouldn't be dropping Eno Benjamin in dynasty or if you had him in redraft I might even hold him because someone's going to put a waiver claim in for him and you never know where he's going to land Mentioned Zach Ertz getting injured. He only played 13% of snaps before picking up his knee injury. That's what led to uh, much more opportunity for Trey McBride. Didn't do anything with it. Trey McBride still had less fantasy points than Zach Ertz. 
who turned his one target into one catch for 12 yards, and Trey McBride had one target, one catch for seven yards. So 13% of snap to Zach Ertz, still greater than any percent of snaps for Trey McBride, but this is just a dumpster fire team. Even in a win, I just feel like I should be talking bad about them. How they have four wins at this point in the year is just despicable. Um, James Conner did do with all his work, got two touchdowns, was still bad on a per-touch basis, 3.3 yards per carry average. Didn't even do well as a receiver, 5.7 yards per reception. Like Still just a volume hog, and I guess my one – Flea Flicker League is happy about it going down the stretch because now even without Eno there, there's less people to eat from the pie. And then DeAndre Hopkins, 14 targets. Rondell Moore, 13 targets. I mean, Colt McCoy knew who the fuck he was throwing it to yesterday. That's for sure. Uh, Just dreadful. Yeah, like the four-win team. That should make the Rams well, even It's worse. fun trashing them every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just painful to say. And then just watching like the like, what are you doing here? You know, it's like just releasing Eno Benjamin. Like, there's more to this story. You know, he probably they said, they said <laughs> Eno Benjamin was upset with his uh, workload and usage and was very vocal about it. So they have removed and right, him, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. he was productive the whole entire time that James Conner was out. But you know, money talks. Yeah, I guess so. You got to get James Conner right back in there. You know, if you want 3.3 yards per carry, you start James Conner. That's, that's, that's all I know. Uh, is that everybody? Is that all four? Yes. <laughs> Just close with Arizona, you kind of – it's a big whimper, which is always fun yeah. to do. But, yeah, I'm like, what? Where are we? Need to – Need to brush my teeth again after that one. All right. So waivers. A uh, couple names I got. Again, you know, the plan going into the year was to kind of look two weeks ahead because we usually release this Wednesday which or Thursday, sorry, so most waivers have already run. So a lot of this stuff isn't going to be uh, that, that I have anyway. But uh, some of these names might be still there. After waivers run, you could use them for this week and, and pay no money for them. We mentioned Trey McKitty. I just don't think enough people – and we don't even know if Everett's going to miss time, but enough people don't know McKitty or trust him, and I don't see people recommending him. I, I could see you being able to pick him up after waivers run. You mentioned we when we were talking about Arizona – there's no reason why – I'm sorry, Atlanta, not Arizona. There's no reason Desmond Ritter doesn't get in there sooner or later. So if you're desperate at quarterback, Ritter's probably somebody you could have on there because he could – you know, he's got decent decent legs. He could get some fantasy points. Not, not going to be Justin Fields, but, I mean, he gets you 60 yards a game. That's, you know, like getting an extra touchdown every week out of him. Going kind of short term, the Packers – surprisingly cut Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill this week. So Samori Tare, is he going to get a little more work possibly with, with Rogers out of there? I don't know, but the running back's a little more interesting because Hill was their number three. So now you got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and nobody else. So Tyler Goodson's on their practice squad. They've had Patrick Taylor on hmm. the roster before this year, but Tyler Goodson's somebody, me and you both kind of like decent mm-hmm. guy. If <clears throat> He he seems to fit in more as like the replacement if they lost uh, Dylan or, or Aaron Jones for some time. Whereas Taylor, I could see kind of filling that Kylan Hill RB three, 
special teamer type of a guy, but but Goodson has the upside to kind of fill in. Uh, you mentioned Higby with the Rams, with um, Cooper Cup being out. <sighs> they have a couple guys it could be. I think most people are going to want to grab Van Jefferson because he's the name. But Ben Skoronek is their slot guy. And I don't know necessarily if he profiles as the, the direct fill-in for Cup, but he's the cheap. He'll be cheaper. And Tutu Atwell, who stinks and is tiny, hasn't fully got a chance. They, they spend a second-round pick on him. He could possibly fill that role. So if you want to kind of zig while everybody else zags, those are two names that I think you could keep on your uh, radar. Goddard's hurt. Looks like he's going to miss sometimes. Jack Stoll's number two in snaps on the team, but he's kind of their blocking guy. Grant Calcaterra could probably another guy you could grab on the cheap to fill in. And who else did I have here? Oh, Tristan Ebner, who me and you both like if Herbert misses any times. Ebner's probably more talented than David Montgomery, especially as a pass catcher, so can be on your radar. And one, one dynasty deep stash, Keep them throughout the offseason. Uh, D. Eric King, former quarterback, signed by the Carolina Panthers. Kind of a poor man. LaVisca Chenault had, had played quarterback in uh, college, I think, at Houston and then Miami. Was a quarterback in the XFL, if I'm not mistaken. Was drafted by the Patriots years ago. But I think now he's officially a, a wide receiver. But a lot of trick play potential. Could be one of those guys where he gets some work in the – you know, throws throws a pass every couple weeks, get out of the backfield as a rusher, as a wide receiver out there. He's on the practice squad, probably not going to do anything at all this year. Maybe at the end of the year, get him out there for a couple plays, see what they have. But could be a big play stash on your dynasty benches this offseason. John, you are that's, doing yeoman's work right now. That's what I, I got. had no clue about Dear King being signed with the Panthers. And I also was taken back for a second with his Packers moves because Kylan Hill, what did he complain about his playing time? Like, you know, Benjamin did. I mean, what <laughs> you released as the third running back? I mean, in a clear two back committee. I mean, Amari Rodgers, he got released because he was like the worst punt returner in history. That dude was just <laughs> a fumble machine. Like, how he made it that far is beyond me. So, Amari Rodgers makes total sense. Um, don't really get the Kylan Hill thing, but. You know, that's the running back position in the NFL. So you touch on a couple guys. And, yeah, Van Jefferson, I mean, 8% rostered, and you can't make anything of it because it was Wofford. But, you know, he does have some history with Matt Stafford, and they're running out of bodies, right? So I was actually surprised that he was so lightly rostered. <coughs> Excuse me. Paris Campbell's down to 19% rostered. He was useless with anyone else other than Matt Ryan under center. But Matt Ryan <laughs> backed under center. Paris big Campbell game. has a big game, you know. Pops again. So uh, 19% Parrish Campbell, you could, you could do a lot worse. The tight end position, you, know, you mentioned a few guys. I wanted to mention, too, Foster Moreau, 17% rostered with Darren Waller on the IR. That's going to be their second target because they don't have uh, Renfro either. And he has a history there. And then Jawan Johnson, who I mentioned during the Saints section, is only 13% Ugh. rostered. His last two weeks, he's had nine targets, seven catches, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Scored in each of the last two weeks. They don't have a lot else in New Orleans to throw to. This guy is startable right now uh, from the tight end position, only 13% rostered. To the running back, where I want to close, and the first was Keontae Ingram, 0% rostered. Eno wow, really? Yeah. He is, he is a James Conner away from being James Conner. 
So go get Keontae Ingram. He might be out there in some dynasty leagues, potentially. I mean, depending how deep your taxi is, there's a world where you might be able to get yourself some Keontae Ingram on the cheap. Jerry McKinnon's on the I picked him up in a dynasty somewhere uh, last week. Somebody had dropped him. I was like, eh, it's worth, there like you, you just said, it's worth a taxi spot. Yeah. And now, now it looks really good. Yeah. So it's, it's going to happen this year. And I like Keontae Ingram. I mean, he's, not, he's not a bad back. Bigger bodied. He kind of fits the James Conner mold. So he could be a one-for-one replacement, especially with Eno going. Um, Daryl Williams, I think, is on IR again, too. So there's no one else. Uh, there's no one else taking snaps uh, in that Arizona backfield. Jerk McKinnon, 16% rostered. You already mentioned that CEH has been mothballed, you know, 0 for 2 on his targets. And Jerk McKinnon just gobbling them all up in the game. So, if you need running back help in a PPR, I think you could do worse than Jerk McKinnon. It seems like he has ascended to their passing down back once again, like he did late last season. And then crazy enough, and these are all Yahoo percentages that I'm referencing, Isaiah Pacheco is only rostered in 25% of Yahoo leagues. He was a hot ad weeks ago, and I guess because he didn't happen, people dropped him through bye weeks. So he's available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. He's not in my one Yahoo league, but... You know, 16 carries. It looks like they are moving forward. Him being the primary running downs back. Really like he's an explosive playmaker. If he just needs to hold on to the ball and he could be something in that Kansas City backfield. Oh, yeah. He's yes. got, I mean, you know. He's got juice. It, that Kansas City backfield is so attractive. That's what vaulted CEH over Jonathan Taylor. So, <laughs> the, took the, took the, uh, little shiny glimmer off that for a bit, but don't forget that it was a, a very coveted role in fantasy. So if he can do anything with it, it would be very interesting, but that yeah, should do it. Me. Hopefully some of these uh, waiver picks are helpful, help, bleh, helpful to you this year, uh, this week, next season, potentially for some of these deeper stashes, but that should do it for us. Walk anything you need to add. Thursday night football, John Titans oh, at no. Packers. Who's the fantasy running back that you want to have? Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones? I mean, you can't. They just force feed Derrick Henry. You can't go against that as much as I love Aaron Jones. Oh, it's going to be a 29 degrees and snow in the forecast in Lambeau Field. That just screams Derrick Henry, doesn't it? Mm, Every every week. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It could be 110 in the fucking sun. It's another Derrick Henry game. Cold weather. Like how many times are these linebackers and D-backs want to get get in the way of that train? Yeah, the fourth quarter should be interesting. See a 50-yard rushing touchdown in his future. (laughs) Barreling people down. But All right. That should do it for us. Myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Enjoy the week off, Florida. Out! I got a question for you. My brother, would you trade Darnell Mooney for a second? Probably an early second. Um, Probably not. That's where I'm at. I mean, but here's my question. Then what the fuck do you trade Mooney for? No one's ever going to pay you first, right? What what's pro- I mean, certain, certain uh, guys that you just kind of then you just don't trade them right? I mean, I'm not giving them away for 
hopefully early second. I mean, he's still the top receiver in this offense. I think Dalvin's gets better. He's he might not ultimately be their one, but I could also see a world where they don't draft a wide receiver in the first round next year. <laughs> the Bears. Whoa. And they go after like the second round guy and stuff like that. And then if it's like Mooney with Claypool and other guy in an upgraded offense, maybe they address the O line. I mean, I I'd rather do the prospect of Mooney than whoever's gonna be the fifteenth rated rookie. Personally, I've seen it from me. I think Mooney's ta- talented. Man, I, I agree, but I also feel like this is like I said, no one's ever paying a first for him, even if he explodes next year. What's someone going to pay? An early second, right? I mean, that guy's never going to have. Listen, if he explodes you next year, you're happy to keep him on your roster. You got to be a wide receiver one to get a first back. So, an early second. Right, an early second, you're kind of stuck there, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I can get away with get away from him a little bit here if I, but uh, I'm not leaving. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, he's, I'm, I'm gonna push for like a second and a player or a second and a third. Like, if I'm looking to deal him, <clears throat> sure, I'm not, I won't just give him up for a second. Oh, I'm not doing that. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and squeeze more value out of that, or I'll hold, and then maybe he's part of a package next year. Where yeah, you're not. Well, that's the, the I guess that's the upside. Yeah, lumping <laughs> him, him in with other else stuff can, can get you closer. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I think he's worth more than that. And that's the thing. Like I'm in this one league where I've been fighting with this idiot all year long. I'm trying <laughs> to trade McCaffrey and Chubb. I'm like actively trying to trade, and. It's a tight end premium league, and it is a super flex. And this guy thinks like any tight ends worth like he literally tried to, to get both running backs for a tight end, like off me. And I'm like, I don't care that it's tight end premium. It, it's not that premium. I'm sorry. Like we fundamentally disagree here. Like if I don't get the value that I want for these guys, I'm not trading them to you. Like he's almost in my say. He's like, well, you're not winning this year. I was like, I don't care. Like at a certain point, I, it's, I I'm like I'm now just yeah. digging my feet in here because I'm not just giving these guys away either. Because you want to win this year, I'm still going to make you pay market value. And Christian McCaffrey is worth more than any of your mid-range tight ends. He was talking like a David and Joku type. Like he's not even talking like Mark Andrews, right? Dude, that fucking league that I said I want to trade people in, and everybody's like, I've been sending you offers all year. And I, I said, send me whatever your best offer is. I'm not countering. They, yeah, they're sending me like fucking for McCaffrey. Yeah, two twos and whatever. Keontae Ingram. Like, I'm like, what are you insane? Uh, Keontae Ingram. Well, you know, um, I just picked, which I just is picked funny the name I wrote down. Sure. Um, I know you don't pay attention to group me that much. They were all talking about you the other day. He didn't respond to my offers. I was like, to give him your final and best, and he's and they're like, I thought so. I'm like, well, then he did respond. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it wasn't good enough. You know, I said, he, I go look, plain as day to me. He said he's not countering anyone. If your offer is good enough, he'll accept it. If not, I mean, and they're like, but he didn't even decline. I'm like, he doesn't have to decline it. <laughs> it's not, a, not on him to decline your offers. Uh, you know, you, you can take it down anytime you want. <laughs> insanity. Insanity. 
Th- th- that's those are the worst yeah. trade offers as a whole. Like I, I have particular people in some leagues that just suck every fucking time. When I see a thing in my inbox, I'm like, God, oh, this is gonna be complete shit. But as a whole, those two fucking leagues, I've never seen so many. Like we clearly have a completely different <laughs> player fucking eval. Where you like, I wouldn't even send this to somebody. I, I I feel like I tried to warn you about this league. Like it's a well run league, and the guys are competitive. But yeah, trash trash offers come fast and furious. I call people out. I'll respond to them right away. I put notes. Like hey, I, I like even though most people don't see the notes in Flea Flicker, I'll always put a note, and then I'll message them <laughs> directly about it as well. Just letting them know. Know why we're not making this deal? 